scientists, the politicians. Because how do we get more voices, different modalities, different ways of speaking and acting? Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of the MasterPod Season 2. We are really happy to be back with some fresh ideas and new guests for you this next season, where we will be moving our focus from the sustainable student to the sustainable professional. My name is Rachel, and in this second season of the podcast, we talk with sustainability professionals from around the world to find out how career choices can help to make the world a bit more sustainable. Today's guest is actually a not-so-new one. He joined us back in season one to discuss his research on microplastic pollution. And if you haven't heard that one yet, then definitely check it out. Welcome back, Jordi Van Osh. Hello. Jordi is the chief technology officer and co-founder at Chainable, a Dutch startup aimed at making the first ever circular kitchen or kitchen as a service. Here is Jordi to tell us more. Hi, Jordi. Welcome back to the MasterPods. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Are you happy to be back on the show? Definitely. I'm very honored to be the first guest of season two. Yeah, it's a big honor. We're really happy to have you back. So this season, we're going to do things a little differently. We're going to focus more on your career and professional life. Oh, and first of all, congratulations on graduating with your master. It's a big deal. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, with this year, I almost forgot about it. It's been a hectic year, COVID-wise, and everything around it. Yeah, definitely. Well, how we're going to lay out this uh, new season is we're going to start off with some personal questions, um, just to ask a little bit about you and get to know you a little bit. And then we're going to dive into questions about your work and what led you to where you are today. To start off with, which organization do you work for and what is your role with them? Yes, I'm co-founder and chief technology officer of Chainable. We're the first circular kitchen producer and supplier in the Netherlands. And what we do is uh, we provide kitchens for the... um, the business-to-business market, which is to housing corporations for the social housing sector and institutional investors uh, for the free rental market. And what we don't do is sell our kitchens. We provide our kitchens only through kitchen as a service, which means that we make the kitchen available for use and we take care of all the service and maintenance uh, for, on the kitchen during the contract period. And after the contract period, we pick up the kitchen again, we disassemble the kitchen and pick it up again, and we reassemble it somewhere else. So in that way, we can reuse all the parts and components in the kitchen um, for kitchens in other buildings. And in that way, we reduce the amount of kitchen waste that is generated every year. And in addition, we provide all of our kitchens with energy-efficient appliances to reduce the amount of energy used during the use phase of kitchens. Sounds like a very uh, sustainable way of branching into the kitchen industry. Yeah, yeah. Our goal is to transform the kitchen industry. Eventually, we'll need circular models for for everything. So why not start with kitchens? Yeah. So what are your day-to-day tasks? Well, as we're in the startup stage, we're all doing everything. Uh, So we still have a small team. Um, which makes all of our tasks range from product development to sales, marketing, or budgeting. It's just anything we can get our hands on that needs to be done. It's getting done by anyone. Yeah, you have to figure it all out as you go as a team. It's kind of fun. Exactly. It's super fun and very, very steep learning curves, which is great. Yeah, that's great. So how did you end up in this position? Well, I truly believe in the circular economy and I was lucky enough to find like-minded people with the same drive and motivation. Uh, so we found a Chainable in June 2020 and some of our team members have been working on the idea and concept for about two years. 
Um, I joined them in January of 2020, so about a year ago now. Um, and yeah, we just moved on from that. So it's been a quick process for you guys. Uh, yeah, we just figured out that our team worked very well together uh, and realized we wanted to go for it. Uh, so that's what we did. And that's how we got into the current stage we're in. Yeah, good for you guys. So when you were 15, did you see yourself in the position that you're in today or something similar? Well, kind of. Uh, the goal was always to be an entrepreneur in the sustainable field um, and to actively reduce society's impact on nature. However, I didn't anticipate that to be in the kitchen industry. Uh, the general direction and the mission are exactly what I wanted, but the kitchen industry is the new aspect, and I guess that's just how life takes you. Uh, and so far, I've been really enjoying it. And um, well, we all use kitchens every day, so I think it's it's a really cool product to work on because it's in everyone's life on a daily basis. Definitely, yeah. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about sustainability too is it's so broad that sometimes it's a challenge, but it really applies to everything. So even though you didn't anticipate working in the kitchen industry, you, there's still something sustainable to be done there. Absolutely. Yeah. And for example, in the Netherlands, there's only in the business to business market. So kitchens in the in the business sector. Uh, so that's social housing and the free rental market. There's already 40,000 tons of chipboard waste generated every single year in a small country as the Netherlands. So on a global scale, there's immense amounts of waste and emissions generated every year just by replacing old kitchens and burning the old ones. So we need to find a better way to design the kitchens at first, to design them for disassembly, to be able to reuse the parts, uh, but also design our business models in such a way that we can get all those well-designed kitchens back to the original producer to put the responsibility to the producer and to also reuse all the components and materials and the added value of the materials into new kitchens. There's going to be a big impact then for making that more of a circular model. We aim to do so. Okay, well, that leads us nicely into the next question. So do you actively incorporate sustainability into your life? Well, I try to. I've been eating vegetarian for a bit over four years now, and I try to reduce my consumption. Um, for example, the consumption of uh, single-use plastics and, and packaging. Uh, and I try to buy secondhand as much as possible. Um, well, at the same time, I, I try to fly less, but I'm in an intercontinental relationship. So there's an inevitable amount of flying uh, across the Atlantic that I cannot avoid. And also don't want to avoid. So try to compensate these emissions through, um, well, reforestation projects, but also through my work. So by actively trying to reduce the impact of a of an industry and try to motivate other companies to do the same. I try to, I don't know, at least make myself feel a bit better about having an impact in my personal life. That's fair. Just waiting for the day for that the hyperloop becomes, you know, mainstream, and then don't have to worry about exactly. that. Exactly, waiting for a hyperloop. Uh, below the Atlantic Ocean <laughs> but nonetheless I'm, I'm still convinced that like my consumption patterns even though conscious still need about four planets as with the average consumer in the Netherlands so there's still a lot of work to do for a whole economy to become circular and sustainable um, so I think we just all have to work on reducing the impact of a whole society and then everybody's individual impacts will also be reduced if we have better products or better ways to consume great uh so this one's kind of a throwback to season one, and I think we already got it in season one. But what is your top sustainability tip or a piece of advice? 
Uh, well, I think I still have the same one, which is try to eat plant-based uh, as much as possible, but also try to consume less. Um, if you consume, try to consume consciously um, with the least amount of single-use packaging or buy, try to buy second-hand product. Um, for Dutch listeners, a nice little tip is Peter Pot, which is a, a, a fantastic online zero-way supermarket where you can buy all your products um, without any packaging. Very cool. It's so nice to see those kinds of efforts that are, you know, becoming more widespread. Definitely, yeah. Do you have a favorite sustainability resource that you inform yourself through? Like a conference or a book, podcast? I'm uh, I'm on it right now. It's the Masterpots, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. Anything else? Oh. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, we're happy to be your number one resource for sustainability. Yeah, well, I'm happy to be your number one fan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, perfect. Okay, well, we're going to move on to part two, which is questions about your work. Okay. So, Jordan, what do you like about your job? Um, Well, I guess the freedom of of being able to do a lot of diverse uh, tasks and uh, the problem-solving strategy of continually trying to get uh, get through projects and, and get stuff done. I think that's very fun. That's very fun. Is there a particular project that you found most memorable while working with Chainable? Well, about a month ago, we installed our first kitchens. So right now, um, meals are being prepared in, in Chainable, circular Chainable kitchens, which is a very awesome milestone for us. The, this project was at an eco-village in Bukel, Ecuador Buco, it's called, uh, which are 36 houses that are climate adaptive and climate positive and we were lucky enough to be able to install our first kitchens there uh, so it was, it was a really big milestone to have our first um, kitchens installed and being used definitely yeah that's so exciting must have felt really good to finally see your work paying off and be like wow there's an actual product that came out of months of work and thought so exactly yeah very cool and then what is the main challenge that you face as a sustainability professional? Um, well, I think the main challenge for us, more specific to Chainable, is that um, the traditional kitchen sector kind of rules the business-to-business kitchen landscape right now. Uh, and in that landscape, the total cost of ownership of kitchens is not very relevant. So potential customers look at the the original purchase price, and they have no idea what the exploitation costs over the, the duration of the kitchen are. But those are very important to make it circular. We need to find out what are the total cost of ownership for owning a product. And then we can compare how does that compare with leasing a product and then giving it back at the end of the life. Uh, so for us, that total cost of ownership thinking is very important to, to actually move our, our business further. And I think to move the circular economy further in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So there's growing concern among consumers about greenwashing. Do you have any thoughts on this? And is this a problem that you've encountered before? Uh, yeah, I think we definitely encountered it, like in, in all industries, I think. Um, and I think traditional kitchen brands are fantastic companies with uh, with great production facilities and, and great products. Uh, however, they're simply not designed to produce circular products uh the production facilities are built to create chipboard kitchens that have that last between 15 to 20 years and have to be replaced afterwards with new chipboard kitchens 
Um, and right now, some of these producers claim to have circular kitchens, and that includes taking back old kitchens, but these kitchens are simply grounded up to create a new chipboard, and from this new chipboard, new kitchens are produced, uh, which in essence is recycling. And it's great that it happens, but it's not enough because it's the lowest grade of reusing a product that we can imagine besides burning them uh, for thermal thermal energy. So we believe that all the added value to that kitchen is completely destroyed when you ground it up. So we think we have to make a step back and redesign the kitchen to be able to reuse most parts and the parts that you can't reuse will have to be refurbished or remanufactured and there's even a step before that which is refuse or reduce so we try to use the least amount of materials and try to use them as long as possible to really maintain that added value Um, so even though they claim to have circular kitchens we think they can step up and actually move forward to a new way of thinking about kitchens uh, we do that with the 10R model of Kramer, uh, which is a good one to look up, uh, in which, yeah, refuse, reduce, renew, and reuse are the top ones. Uh, you have to try to do those first before you start repairing or refurbishing um, or re- remanufacturing to eventually recycle. Um, so, yeah, we think that calling something circular is, is definitely part of greenwashing in the industry. Uh, we also don't claim that we're 100% circular. Uh, together with a with Alba Concepts, we did uh, a product circularity index of our kitchens, uh, which uh, resulted in having a circularity index score of 83%. That means that our kitchen is basically 83% circular. Um, so we're definitely not 100% circular. So I think that transparency uh, is the way forward by not claiming that you're 100% circular or not putting a stamp on it like this is a circular product. Like, no, we're not there yet. Um, we're at 83% and we have to move towards 100 percent yeah very transparent and authentic i think yeah yeah i think transparency is the goal uh and definitely very important in regards to sustainability when we are transparent we can actually see where the impact is and how to move forward absolutely and in gaining consumer trust i can imagine because you're providing this information that companies don't provide usually and that lets consumers know exactly what they're purchasing when they're purchasing it which is i think yeah a sign uh, maybe you would get more customer loyalty from that that's true yeah yeah and people can actually see what the impact of a product is which is important yeah um and in comparison so yours was 83 percent. do you know any like what the the average is for most kitchen companies or it's just not available we don't have any data on that no no but we know that through our we we know that it's much less because we are actually reusing parts and we're taking back uh, all the kitchens that we produce, uh, which is not the case in, in other uh, producers. Yeah, creating a big shift in the uh, the industry. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah, that's the aim. Our goal is not to overtake the other parties. We just want to move them in the right direction. We want to show that with a different business model and a different mindset, you can also have a successful company. Our biggest goal there is to have them do the same. So have them make the same shift uh, because, yeah, there's no reason we need to or have to win from them. We want to have them on our side. Yeah. It's better if we all work together and collaborate to make something bigger and better than it could have exactly. been if we alone. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so kind of going back to what you were saying about, you know, your first kitchen installations, do you have any upcoming projects that you're excited about? Uh, well, we're mainly excited for the whole of 2021. 
um, as I think most people are, uh, but maybe for, for other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're very excited because we have a lot of projects lined up uh, for the quarter one and quarter two already, uh, and somewhat more uh, even for the, the second half year. Uh, so we're mainly just super excited to start working on those projects, installing those kitchens, and uh, yeah, convince more people that circularity is the way to go for, for the kitchen industry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So shifting gears here a little bit, how do you see your professional self developing in the future? Well, more in regards, in regards to Chainable, we aim to deliver 10,000 kitchens annually within five years. Uh, so seeing my professional self developing is just moving towards that goal. Yeah, that's great. So how is your industry or field adapting to the trend of sustainability? Well, in the Netherlands, there's uh, there's a law that passed a few years ago, uh, which says that in 2050, the building industry has to be 100% circular. And in 2030, it has to be 50% circular. So in order to move there, housing uh, corporations, social housing and institutional investors have to already adapt in their purchasing strategies to become circular and to have circular buildings. Um, so I think the whole industry is definitely adapting towards that. And there's several circular kitchen producers starting up right now, which is fantastic as there's plenty of room in the market. And we, as mentioned before, we need all efforts to move the entire industry to a more sustainable model. Um, so there's definitely push from the government to do so. And that's pushed from the market. So I have really high hopes that we're actually, we will transform the kitchen industry starting in the Netherlands and moving uh, moving beyond towards Europe and, and beyond uh, because the kitchen industry in the whole world works the same as in the Netherlands right now and it needs to change everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys are kind of a world leader with that because 2050 for circularity, 100% circular is very ambitious. Yeah, so the right now we're 24% circular. Um, which is already one of the highest in the world. Yeah, the aim of the Dutch government is to become the most circular country, I guess. At the same time, all the low-hanging fruit is gone. So the next 76% uh, will be tough. Um, And we really have to step up our game to get there on on time. Well, that's a good thing. Chainable is stepping up their game and is looking to do that. (laughs) Yeah, that's the goal. Cool. So this is the final question that I have for you. Do you have any tips for someone who's starting out a job in sustainability? And how did you make the transition from the student to the professional? Well, I think a tip is to really find out what you'd like, where your passion is, uh, even within the field of sustainability. Uh, for me, I think that's the circular economy. And then it doesn't really matter in which specific part of this, as long as it, for me, at least it's within the circular economy, you'll find a drive and you'll find uh, that you're really doing what you like. Um, so I'd, I'd say try to find that specific part, what you really want to focus on, uh, or that's sort of feeling you want to work towards. And um, yeah, try working very hard to achieve it. Uh, and then I think you'll find your, your dream position in whichever industry or sector uh, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, I remember just bringing it back to your previous episode, you were talking about, you know, microplastic waste and how we can reduce it and use municipal wastewater treatment plants to act as microplastic sinks instead of sources. Um, And even in that episode, you were talking about the circular economy and how we need to shift to that. So it's interesting to see that even as a student, you were thinking about that kind of big picture thinking. And even though originally you were focusing on microplastics, eventually it grew out to to 
focus on kitchens and you kind of found a new uh, niche within the overall circular economy theme. Exactly, yeah. A little rant there about the circular economy in the last one. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, th- I think I think for me, the circular economy aspect was also the most important aspect in the study about microplastics in municipal wastewater treatment plants. So I stayed with that truth and uh, I just went to a different industry. As long as you know what your goal is uh, and which aspects of sustainability you want to focus on, then I don't think it is of the greatest importance in which sector it is. Okay, well, that was very inspiring, Jordi, and really nice last words to end on there. And actually, it would be great if we could finish off this episode by you providing our listeners with some way to find you either through your website or social media accounts in case they're interested in looking you up later. Yeah, for sure. Um, You can find more information about Chainable at www.chainable.nl. And that is C-H- A-I-N-A-B-L-E. Chainable. Perfect. Find us on LinkedIn. We're the most active. Uh, And of course, you can find all my contact details on our website as well. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast, Jordi. It's been really nice to hear about your experiences and what brought you to where you are today, especially, you know, seeing your transition from the master's student to the professional. It's really cool to uh, to see that and to hear about it along the way. So wishing you all the best with Chainable and maybe we'll have you back on here again sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. Yeah, thank you for having me and best of luck with season two. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. This podcast was produced by Laura Messner, Rachel Gradine, and Olivier Roustan. This episode was hosted and edited by Rachel Gradine. We would like to thank today's guest, Jordi Benoche, for sharing his professional story with us and coming back on the podcast. A big final thank you goes to Jacob Rosane for providing us with the funky music. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Master Pods. We post new episodes every Wednesday. If you want to talk about your sustainable profession or know someone who you think should speak to theirs, please feel free to shoot us an email at our new email address, info at masterpods.eu. Talk to you next week, everyone. Bye.